Rolando, Ahmad, Steven, Kenneth, Amadou, Jonathan, Christian, Terrace, Sean, killed him the day before his wedding, Jamal killed him while he was in handcuffs, Mike killed him while he had his hands up, Kamani, Ramali, Philip, Alton, about three Kevins, about two Jordans, John, Laquan, Bethon, Stephon, Tony, Tamir, Elijah, Antoine, Isel, Terrell, Dontre, Akai, George, for him, set the country on fire, Timothy, Patrick, Paul, Tyree, Quintonio, Darius, Jeremy, William, Anthony, Dante, Oscar, Kendrick, Keith, David, Walter, woman like Sandra, Betty, Rihanna, India, Michelle, Atatiana, Tanisha, Rika, Natasha, Palmer, Janet, Megan, baby Ayana, all that we lost, your name live on, wasn't killed by a cop, but I can't forget Trayvon, can't forget Emmett, and all of those we lost to the beast, no justice, no peace, no Hi, you guys. Get Caught Up is on the move. Welcome to the new GCU. Follow us on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast. That's GCU underscore podcast. And make sure you follow our new web address at anchor.fm forward slash get caught up. Caught Up Podcast is sponsored by Untamed Publishing, Anchor FM, Women of Vision, KD, MB, Tyler Landscaping, and Author Exodus Morning. Thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. You are now tuned into Socially Conscious Corner because silence is no longer an option. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Get Caught Up podcast and this week's edition of the Socially Conscious Corner because silence is no longer an option. We are presented by Untamed Publishing. Allow us to help you unlock your unlimited writing potential. Visit www.untamedpublishing.net for your author needs. I am your host, Untamed, the originator and creative creator of the Get Caught Up podcast, and I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Ms. Lakeisha, the founder and owner of Two Clicks for Justice and Almost Little Calico, and Diane, our literary consultant of From Diamond's Literary World. Unfortunately, we will not be joined by Ms. Kay Rochet today as she is traveling so we want to wish her well and safe travels. And how are you doing this evening, Lakeisha? Um, no complaints. No, no complaints. <laughs> Things could be so much worse than what they are. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm pushing forward. I know that's right. And Miss Diane, how are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm about the same as well as could be expected. Um, just just grateful to be on this side um on on today every day is a blessing absolutely assuredly is and i agree with you both 100 percent um we're just having to find and and make find the best ways to cope with 2020 and 
just be grateful for what we have and where we are and pray for better. <laughs> and that's just about all. That's about where we're at with, you know, the year of 2020 this year. But you guys, as you know, um, last last discussion, we touched on the contract with Black America, just our feelings about, you know, the contract, um, which was crafted by Ice Cube. And so we decided that we were going to, you know, pull some of the issues and topics from the contract to discuss and go over this week. And so definitely we want to get into that. We'll be covering some of the thoughts about representation, um, lending, and police reform. There were plenty other topics that were implemented, and there are several talking points per topic. So we just chose three, and we're going to cover those three on this, you know, podcast today. But in the midst of all of this, there's been so much that's been surrounding Ice Cube and the contract with Black America's controversy and all of this. So I want to also get into that. So we'll start there um, with the controversy, and then we'll we'll wrap up into the actual topics. So <clears throat> first thing first. There was a bit of controversy in regards to Trump's camp saying Ice Cube helped them work on his campaign and help with the platinum plan, which is supposed to be his plan for black America. Um, there was also a refute by Representative Cedric Richmond that the Dems did not tell Ice Cube they were waiting to after the election, but to flesh out his proposal. Okay, so what are your thoughts on these two controversies, and and I'll start with you first, Diane. What are your thoughts on it? Okay. Um, With the first one with Trump, um, all I can say is um, Ice Cube probably hadn't been paying attention to the previous, uh, I'll say I could probably think of five people, black people off off the top of my head, who has been used by the Trump administration for their own purpose. And so I was highly insulted, and I believe Cube was too, and I know he felt stupid when Eric Trump posted a picture of 50, a Photoshop picture of 50 cents next to Ice Cube, and he said, these two Americans, but something about, um, they're 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 great supporters. I I applaud them for their um he said their courage to be such great supporters. And I, I you know, I know that everybody saw the response and when I saw that I felt no empathy for Ice Cube. I'm sorry, you played yourself. Okay? Now, in regards to the second part, um I think that this is my opinion. It made the situation a lot worse in our eyes in regards to Ice Cube because now, now we're seeing that what you said well, is totally, totally um, um, on the opposite of what is being said. And it wasn't just the representative who said there were several other people. I saw an interview the other day 
them. Um, they were asking, someone was on the Breakfast Club, and I'm trying to figure out who it was. And they were talking about this very topic. And the question was very similar to the one you just asked, the second part. And Charlemagne said, Ice Cube refused to come on the Zoom call. Um, he says that, you know, uh, Biden's camp reached out to him and or the Democratic camp reached out to him and um, he, I, I forget the response, but Charlotte, and, and, and so, you know, they said on the Zoom call with Snoop Dogg, um, um, Killer Mike, and a host of others, okay, Ice Cube refused to come on the call because he said that those other people were not involved when he was putting together this plan, per se. And he said, the Democratic Party didn't reach out to you. I reached out to you because I'm the one to put the call together. This is Charlemagne. So when I saw that, I said, so this whole thing has been like a big poof in in my face, okay? So, and and in regards to uh, the response, whether yay or nay, the response being, we'll meet with you after the election, Okay. Whether the Republicans or the Democrats win, nothing can be done. There will be no new policies. There will be nothing that will um, that will go on until next Wednesday. I'm sorry, next next uh, next January. Okay, nothing is going to happen. Let's just call a spade a spade. All right. They may meet prior to, but I highly doubt it. Nothing is going to happen. I don't think there are going to be any talks. You, you all see where. Um, after the the uh, Supreme Court justice was sworn in, everything was shut down. So their focus right now is the election. So that part, you know, if they said they were going to meet after the election, it makes perfect sense to me. But then to hear all of the things that he didn't say, I don't know about you ladies, but I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my comment of my feelings for Ice Cube when after you all go. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to just go ahead and go with you, Lakeisha, and ask you, and I'll just kind of reiterate it to sum it up. There was controversy from Trump's camp saying that I helped them, help them work on the Trump campaign with the platinum plan, and there was controversy because Representative um, Senator Richmond, and from what I understand, others have stated that they did not tell ICQ that they want to wait to isolation, but to flesh out the proposal. So what are your thoughts on these two controversies? Okay, so um, I have to share it in their own words, and I, I that part of it I haven't watched as far as um, the whole Killer Mike comment and Ice Cube's um, comment on that. But my thoughts um, as far as, you know, them saying that Ice Cube helped Trump administration develop a platinum plan, 
I feel um, I feel different ways about it. So, <laughs> one, I will have to admit, when I first heard Platinum Plan, I didn't realize that it was um, this was a something that was um, done after they had spoken with with Cube. And when I heard it, my first thought was, this sounds like an album. This sounds like a record contract, Platinum Plan. And then just for me in, in the in the music mindset of things, but then to know Ice Cube has something to do with it, it's just kind of like, okay, you could have called it anything but a Platinum Plan. But okay, it's catchy. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But my first, um, I feel like, well, of course he helped them develop it because he's saying that they were the ones who were willing to sit down. Like, I don't know, all of the lingo and the language and people, are, the way they twist their words and things, like, I, I have to hear it really for myself. But I, to me, I'm all for cute. Like, I'm all for what he's attempting to do. Nobody had a problem with Cube when he was a nigga with an attitude. But now that he's a man with a plan, with a contract for his people, now all of a sudden everybody got something to say. Everyone is so judgmental. So he, you know, he said it himself that he is not a Trump supporter. You know, even, you know, Buster Ron was kind of chiming in on that too. He's not a Trump supporter per se. He's for the one who's going to step up to the plate. And that's what I'm all for. Oh, this is what we have to work with. It's either Biden or Trump. It's one, it's one or the other. And if he felt like, and I don't know if, you know, what the conversation was like, but if he felt like whatever actions, literal actions that were taken by the Trump administration to make, to put even something into place to change some of these things that we're going to talk about in a minute, but the Democrats didn't. I mean, you're going to get on a Zoom call with 12 entertainers, and, you know, it's just, I can kind of see both ways. I can see how he would feel like it wouldn't be productive because maybe was this after the fact? Like, who are these 12 people that are getting on this Zoom call. So to me, it's just like you can, they can say that and make it sound negative, you know, like he didn't want to meet with them. But I don't really know what was going on behind the scenes. I don't know what, when this was supposedly had taken place. And he has, I have something pulled up here where he was commenting on that, and I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really voice my opinion on that. But just on the surface of things, I'm all for it as far as um, I don't have any bad feelings about what he's trying to do. Um, I agree with him as far as, I mean, it's white supremacy on both sides. You know, it's, it's racist on both sides. I don't care about none of that. I don't, I, I don't care about what flag you hang in your yard. Like, I don't care about none of that. I'm trying to advance my people. And if someone is going to put something in place that is going to protect my children's children's children, where I can leave them businesses, where I can leave them a, leg- a legacy, 
then that's what I'm going to go for because it's not about how you – I don't care how you feel about me. I don't care what you call me. Like, I don't care about that. What I care about is what is written in law, what is legal, and what my children can benefit from, and you can't take that away from me regardless of how you feel about me because you can't leave your children the food stamp part. So that's my thought on it. Absolutely. I agree with that. We can't leave our kids the food stamp card. We have to leave them a legacy. <laughs> so I, I totally agree, and I get that. Now, um, for me, and I'll say it like this, I feel two different ways. I'm all for the contract with black America. I get it. I got it. I've read majority of it. I like what it's saying. I have some issues. Just particular now, that's one part. Now, with these controversies, I do have some issues. I'm a person who I tend to read, you know, in gray. I read between the lines. And what stood out for me the most, and is is bothering my soul from Cube on this, is that when Trump's camp said that Ice Cube endorsed them, he was quick to call a flag on the play. Um, he was like, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not endorsing him. Got it. You know, you just wanted to present it. Okay, that's fine. But what baffled me was that when Representative Richmond said what he said, the only thing Q said was, I'm not going back and forth, release the zone. Which is also something that the representative Richmond said that, you know, he was like, hey, let's release the zone so we can see what was said. So now, two different people wanted to release the zone. Something had to be said. But the thing that, you know, they were both, I, I would say, to me, by representative Richmond saying release the zone when he said, because he would say that as well. Um, it just seems like it falls more believable of what he said. And I say that because, to me, she was always been the type, he's going to, if he didn't say it or he didn't do it, he's going to come out and say, just like he came out and said, I'm not a Trump supporter. I didn't help. He didn't come back. He's never come back and said to that comment, and he's commenting on it, that, that's a lot. That I you that's what you all did say. So it seems to me that he would have said, You all did tell me to wait until after the election and release release the zone. So the fact that he refuted one but hadn't refuted the other, that's bothersome mm-hmm. to me because now it becomes mm-hmm. the issue. It looks like you misspoke and now you don't want to say that you misspoke. Because what they said was they wanted him to flesh out the plan. And that's what they said. They said he they said, and he didn't refute that they said that. Um, I have to, I have to agree that when Q did make his comments in regards to what happened when he met with the political parties for the Republicans and the Democrats, you know that um, by him coming out and saying what he said about Trump said that he was going to take a look at it, he would implement some things, and the DM said, wait until after the election. 
he might not have been a, a Trump supporter, but he gave the Trump campaign validity when he stated that. And that particularly hurts because what I do ha- know or at least have heard, I, you know, I'm assuming this is true, you get so much of a mixed pot when it comes to the Trump campaign. The platinum plan was right. something that they claimed they were working for, working on. This was before Ice Cube came up with the contract with Black America. So now all of a sudden, and he presented the contract with Black America, he helped them create the platinum plan. So now which was it? Were you created a exactly. platinum plan beforehand, or did you did he help you create it? Or was right. he already in a trenches with you, helping you create it, and you all that blew, too. blew up his spot? You know, and now, you know, you're trying not to, you're trying to reel it back in. I don't know what the truth is on that is, but I do know the platinum plan was something I'd heard before there was a contract with Black America. So that's the reason why I feel like it's just so much, you know, back and forth on that part. And why I can hear if he says I didn't help them, I can believe that because I heard about this platinum plan. Before this contract with Black America came out. So that's why I feel strongly that if the Democrats had said we're going to wait to after the election to make decisions on this, that when that was said, he would have took that same opportunity to say, you did tell me that. Right, you know? so, right, right. So it's, that's the part with me that just is disturbing to my soul. And, you know, and I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear on one thing. When Trump said, or his administration said, oh, yeah, we got, we heard Ice Cube, but we're going to implement these changes. If both the Democrat and Republican side had said that, the automatic consensus would have been that both of them are not doing anything but trying to get our vote. They're not serious. And the reason why I said this is because many black Americans said, as soon as Trump's campaign said that, that was the first thing they said. Oh, they ain't doing nothing with trying to solicit votes. But if the mm-hmm. Democrats had said mm-hmm. the same thing, they would have said the same thing. Oh, they're not doing nothing with trying to solicit our votes. And to be honest with you, I would have felt like that about both sides. Because in all honesty, the Republicans are in control of the House, the Senate, and you have a Republican-led president. Okay? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. that can be done until there is an equal balance in power. That's and right. so if you're not in control of the House, you're not in control of the Senate, those are the lawmakers, then how can you say, I can, I'm going to agree to do this? You know, I want to do this. i got to win first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's and, what I, right, exactly. Nothing's going to be done until after the election. It, it, yeah, so nothing, like you said, nothing can be done until after the election. And then let's just be honest. If Trump administration has lied on cue, saying that he helped them develop this plan, this platinum plan, what? how can I believe that you're going to implement it? Because you already, let's just say Cube was telling the truth about he wasn't helping, he didn't help plan it. You already got caught in a lie saying that he helped you implement this plan. So now what do I have to stand on that you're actually going to go through with this plan? Um, You know, and then I look at 
because let's be honest, Trump hasn't been in office for long, but I have to look at the totality of a person's history of their record, you know, of what they're doing. And if they have made changes or they've done, you know, follow through with who they are and what their policies are, you know, did Trump build his wall? Did Mexico pay for it? Did he drain the swamp? Where is his Trump health care reform bill? You know, Come those on are now. things Come on I now. look at because he hasn't delivered on what he promised four years ago. Come on now. So how are you going to tell me that you're going to do something and then you get caught lying about that? So am I supposed to believe that you're going to go through with it? And see, that's the thing. I don't want nobody to tell me something that makes me feel good. Tell me the truth and tell me oh what you're going to do and, and act <laughs> and, and stand oh. on that. Because we can lip service something that's all. (laughs) Lip service is something we can give each other all day long. I don't want your lip service. I want you to show me what you're going to do and tell me that you're going to actually do it. You know, because even if I look at Trump's personality, Trump back in the 80s was the man who led this whole campaign against the Central Park Five. To have these young boys locked up and arrested. The same man who back in the 80s wouldn't allow black people to rent in his Trump Towers. The same Come on man now. who had illegal aliens or immigrants, excuse me, I don't want to say aliens, good Lord, that's, that's, you know, and I apologize for that. The illegal immigrants working at his hotel. To this day, that's documented. Those are exactly facts. Exactly. Those yes. are actual facts. But he's the same man who stood up here and called the people at Charlottesville, those neo-Nazis, very fine people, but called black athletes sons of bitches. He's right, the same but we man supposed to who, trust him now. Right. Right. He stood up here and, you know, he called black athletes, like I said, he called black athletes sons of bitches. He sat here, and when Omarosa was in his corner, he was gone hope for her, and as soon as she got fired because she challenged him, he called her a dog. He called this black woman a dog. Now, that came direct. That was a direct quote from his Twitter finger. He called her a dog. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, and it's as recent as the the campaign, when they asked him to denounce, they didn't say denounce anybody else. They didn't say a particular group. They asked him to denounce white supremacists, and he refused to do it. He said, he told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Now, wait a minute. But you want me to believe that you have a viable plan for black Americans and you can't even denounce uh, white supremacy in a general, just a blanketed, denounce it on, on a major platform where you're debating for the seat of presidency, not a press conference, not a meeting with some type of group or somewhere where he feels cornered. This is a place where you stood up on a platform to say that you're the president for all Americans, and black America is very much a part of America, and you don't denounce white supremacy. That, to me, is so flipping dangerous, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, I – Biden has his fault. He has not always been a stand-up person in his 47 years of being in office. He has done some deplorable things, in my opinion. 
I, you know, and I don't trust him 100%. But at the end of the day, I also, I go and, I, you know, I'm trying to search and I'm trying to find facts about Trump and I'm trying to find facts about Biden, you know, either way. And nobody talks about the fact that in the 90s, Biden actually apologized for the crime bill because he said he saw how it was disproportionate to black people. And he reform, helped lead the reform on the bill. But nobody talks about it. They just talk about the fact that he put the crime bill forward. When he revised it, then the crime bill went to try to reform some of that that happened and also was the beginning of legislation for black women and women in general against women's cruelty and acts of domestic violence. So, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. And he, and I think a lot of times things that people do get brushed under the rug too because I didn't know that it was actually him and ironically him and Mitch McConnell when he was vice, when Biden was vice president, it was him and Mitch McConnell who led the Bush cut tax cut reform when they gave the country that $300 billion stimulus, economic stimulus, to help rebuild the country after it was in recession. And that's where all of those payroll tax cuts came from. And when you got extra money on your paycheck, that's where that came from. And they extended unemployment benefits for people who were in the recession and gave tax credits for college students, because you know when your kid turned 17, now you can't get it no more. But they extended tax credits for college kids and for the poor. And it's a lot of stuff that came in that stimulus bill. Me personally, I can attest for it because I know I benefited from it. I benefited from a lot of stuff that happened, you know, when they was when he was vice president and President Obama was in office. And I and I'm just telling you that's assuredly cash for conquerors. How, how money they gave you when you were buying housing, stuff that stimulated the economy at that time, I benefited from it. And so when we get into, you know, I went a little bit longer than what I was supposed to on this, but I got, I got y'all, forgive me, I just got excited about this because I just, this No, whole, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, you know, no, I just, this is what I, we're here for. Yeah. You know, Pence talked about not playing, you know, don't play politics with people's lives. And that's exactly, you know, what I feel like is going on. It's like, okay, stop throwing me, you know, just stop throwing me fluff and filler. And I, I get so sick of it. It's like, oh, well, this person is helping me and this person is doing this and this person is doing, you know, forget all of that. If if Cube did even help with the platinum plan, that's fine and dandy because whoever in office, we need somebody to do something for us. But what I need for it to be is to be truthful and honest and earnest and that you're going to do what you said you That gonna part. Do. That part. Now, and, and it's like. Can I, I just, just, can I just say something? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. Real quick. <laughs> now, my, my whole problem with this, right, and I don't. You know, if, if you were going to talk about this later on down, but my whole problem with this thing is Trump has been in office since uh, 2016, uh, 2017, 2017. He has been in office since January 2017. We are in, we are days away. We are, it's, damn, it's not November 1st. So we are days away from um, a very important election. 
so 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 whoever came up with the plan, where were you? What what what, what why choose now? Why now? The timing is oh so off with all of this. And it destroys our our our, our whole African American community because now people don't know which way to turn. You understand? So mm-hmm. in essence, he he has single handedly. Well, let me not say single handedly because he's not the only one. He has contributed. Let me say that to their theory of divide and conquer. And for that, I am extremely pissed off. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. Oh, well, go ahead. I, I will say, you know, and that actually is lead up to the next question. So I'm glad we just move right along. <laughs> I'm glad I'll move right along, and I'm gonna get off my soapbox for the next part. So I want to make sure that uh, we get this in. I mean, because like you said, it drew controversy about the manner in which Ice Cube approached the CWBA. And so, well, Diane, I just heard your thoughts. (laughs) You know, but we can let you add on to it. But I'm going to let Lakeisha go first. um, What do you think about the fact that Ice Cube went to the current political candidates and not the current lawmakers at such a time as this? So I'll start with you, Lakeisha. What what do you think about – because he drew controversy about his timing and the fact that he went to the political candidates instead of the lawmakers. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, my thoughts, first of all, my question is, did he? Because, um, like um, Diane was saying, the timing of it is suspicious, but my whole thing is it does feel like, okay. And I try to, I, like you guys, I try to look at both sides of everything. I, I never take anything that as it's given to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, okay, um, did he go directly to the um, political candidate or did he, behind the scenes, go to someone else, like maybe a lawmaker or something, they said, oh, let's save this for such and such time, or let's present this to such and such. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. um, because even with yeah. the crime bill, which is something, the crime bill um, is something that I really was just like, I was one of those ones who was like, well, you know, Biden is the one who wrote the crime bill. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. um, in actuality, in his defense, which I really do, but in his defense, there were parts of that law that he didn't even agree with, that he actually opposed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say that when you get into politics, who knows if something could start out somewhere else. So I can't mm-hmm. really say, I, and I don't, it does feel suspicious. There's something else that feels suspicious too, and I know I'm cutting into time, but um, in reading the contract, well, let me stay on topic first. Rewind because I'm excited. Um, okay. So, I don't, to answer your question, I say I feel like um, it's mighty 
convenient to cause confusion. If he mm-hmm. did go to the um, political candidate instead of going to the lawmakers, because I'm one who I believe in voting for the legislate, legislative um, seat are more important than the presidential uh, candidates because all they do is, I mean, stuff is presented to them, really, and they just either yay or nay, you know. Um, so if that is what happened, then I think it's a shame. And I think it's a shame because a lot of people – um, who really trusted Cube and looked up to him during his NWA time, now they view him differently. And was that on purpose? Not by him, but it, was that on purpose by the one who said, we will um, take some things off this, um, from this, this list and... Um, add them to our political campaign and to ensure, you know, do everything that we can to ensure that they go into law and all of this. You know, if they're just telling him that, if it was, if it was played that way, then that's a shame, you know, because there are people who now do, do not feel the same. And actually it could have hurt if they did it that way to try and, get more of the African-American vote than what they're doing now is maybe causing those people to say, er, wait a minute, <laughs> nope, mm-hmm. you know. And it, to me, it's just causing chaos and confusion. And like you said, we're t- Tuesday. Tuesday is election day. And mm-hmm. here we are with, and it's, 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 it's to me, it's a distraction in a way, um, because like you said, nothing really is going to come into play until after. Like, I want to see it on paper. I'm one of those. I need to see it and write, and I don't care what you think. Let me see it in writing. That's what I need to know. I don't care how you feel about me. You know, none of that. Let me see it in writing. Um, so, if you know, I feel like he should have. If he didn't go to the lawmakers and he went to the political candidates, then shame on him. He should have gone to the lawmakers is what I feel, to give a simple answer for that. But I, there's more to it, like reading the, the contract on his website, or his mm-hmm. website, I shouldn't say it's his website. I, I had, um, it's all right, you know, it's meaty. It's very meaty, you know, meats and potatoes. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that there are a lot of um, misspelled words and when you get into, if this is what they presented in law, when you get into things, like there's a way to get around certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, this is how mm-hmm. you spelled it. You know, so this doesn't even mean anything. This doesn't mean what you think it means because you know what? You know what? You, know what? you better tell it. Like there are so many words it. that are misspelled. So you while it looks on it. the surface like, you know, yeah, we're going to grant you these things, but then when it gets to the higher ups, like the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Mm-hmm. We go mm-hmm. back and back. This mm-hmm. is what it said. Mm-hmm. Can you say that? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, so this and I want to add duplications, too, mm-hmm. but go ahead. 
to right. duplicate right. the stuff that's, in that's, that's right. That's that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, okay, let, so let me I, say this, and and that's uh-huh. and that's. I'm sorry, but that's almost equivalent to signing a contract. And my name is spelled D-I-A-N-E. And because someone sent me a contract back in June, and she sent the contract and misspelled my name. And, you know, Uh, but I'm honest. uh, So so I said to her, you know, my name is misspelled, so I think we need to redo this. And it was a simple missing one letter, okay? But that could have been the very reason to make that contract null and void. You understand right. what I'm saying? Right. So, so, yes. so for people who don't get what um, was just said, um, the misspelled words can make the contract null and void. Exactly. And so that's why we have to be very, very careful with what we present, especially when it comes to legalities, okay? Because they will find loopholes. They, they have, you have right. attorneys who are who are and and law clerks who are paid just to mm-hmm. find these little things. Mm-hmm. How do you think a murderer it. gets off and, and how do you think a murderer gets off and is still walking the street because yep. they found a loophole yep. in their case? Yep. Yep. Okay, so that in and of itself. What we, about the misspelled words and the duplications is very disturbing, and it should be disturbing to a lot of people. But see, people, they, they, they're not thinking like that. And so that's why we're here trying to educate people. That's not, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm going to add on to this. If they don't believe that, they need to watch the movie Law by the Citizen. Come because on now. what you just Come said directly applies to loopholes and law and how people are able to get off with it's clear as day that they've done something. I'll tell you something that was told to me, just to add on to your point, Diane. Um, I don't want to say who told me, but I will say this. It was military personnel. And the first thing that they said that they told those under their command, if they do something where it breaks the law, don't say anything. Because the burden of proof is on the other person. Don't admit, mm-hmm. don't cop to anything. Mm-hmm. You will nine times out of ten be able to get out of it if you keep your mouth shut. That's what Jag is for. When I found, I'm sorry, when I found that out, I was like, I need to go back and because I've never watched Jag before, but I'm gonna go back and watch Jag now because they have that the legal team for the military. That is their job to get you off. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to just say, you know, Cable Shay last time made a, a point that I actually researched, but I'm not going to go into all the logistics because the CB, CWBA is enough by itself. But um, she made an interesting point last conversation when she said that the Congressional Black Caucus had already introduced a very similar plan to the contract with Black America um, and one with many factors that the now platinum plan has, um, claims that it will provide. And not, not many people knew this, but what we have found out is that they have that. It was on the floor as late as 2019, and Senate did not approve it. So when we get into this platinum plan, 
and you're already telling me that you didn't approve the plan that the already lawmakers from the Congressional Black Caucus have created, and you did not approve it, I'm, I'm wondering how, you know, you're going to suddenly approve a platinum plan when you just killed it already. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I just feel like in that regard, you know, Q didn't execute a plan. What well, if he didn't? Now, I don't know what all happened behind the scenes. I can go only about, and I'm going, this is strictly off of what he said himself. Hugh said himself. Now, whether or not he said everything, but this is what he said. That he got with different people, he said, heads of black businesses, heads of black banking. He didn't say lawmakers. He said he got with those people, educators. And they sat down and they devised this plan. There's nothing wrong with what he did. But I noticed that he said um, a retired representative supports him. But if you didn't go to current lawmakers to even find out there was already a Congressional Black Caucus plan on the floor and meet with them and say, hey, can you help me with this? Then you erred in your way. Well, he's not a politician, so I'll give him that. But to then, you know, to introduce it and say, well, I went directly to the political candidate. To me, like Lakeisha said, that's null and void because one political candidate got to first get in the office before he can even do something. And the second one been in the office for years and ain't done nothing. So, you know, at the time of presenting this, in essence, you know, right before the election, it just was not good timing. And, you know, I want to just make it a point because I, I really, I really researched this. And it bothered me when, you know, Representative uh, Cedric Richmond made it a point to say, you know, the George Floyd Act has been passed in the House, but Mitch McConnell, who is the Republican for chair, won't bring it to the Senate so they can pass it. Um, then in 2019, Tim Scott, who was the only Republican black uh, representative in Congress, got with Kamala Harris. Those two worked together to create a law that would make lynchings illegal, and that was shot down. Um the Platinum Plan speaks of the First Steps Act. You can even see it in his Platinum Plan. He has, he has a contradictory statement in his Platinum Plan. He says that in the top where it's just like the flash to get your attention, says he's going to implement the First Steps Act. But then at the, in the middle of it, he says he's going to uh, introduce a Second Steps Act. What? You just said you was doing the First step. Now you got a Second step. Well, I'm going to tell you why. First step Act was initiated by Senator Kamala Harris in California about prison sentence reform, and she championed for it in 2018, and it never passed. But now all of a sudden it's in the platinum plan. Um, Mitch McConnell and Tim Scott are Republicans that the Trump administration works with closely. So you're saying all of this stuff that's going in this platinum plan – but you want to tell me you're not playing politics with people's lives when not one, not two, but three bills have been on the floor to get passed. 
with the lawmakers. You have not stepped up to create an executive order for it. You have not asked them to go ahead and push this legislation or bring it to the floor. But now all of a sudden it's in your platinum plan that Ice Cube helped you create this. You know, I just, we have to, you you know, in order to, because there's so much behind the scenes stuff, and we have to really open it up. You know, and I have a problem with somebody telling me you've done so much for, you know, black Americans and all of this stuff. And, it even goes back to the whole, H, you know, let's talk about HBCUs for a second. You know, it's 120 HBCUs. Under his administration, they got $2.1 billion in federal funding. So that's for all of them combined. You know, under the Obama administration, they, they want to, but all of them combined got $4 billion every year. You know, so he, he, he has a way of trying to flip things. You know, even with this pandemic, pro- predominantly white private-owned colleges were able to get federal funding for the pandemic, but most of these colleges have $40 million a year at minimum from privatized charitable donations that they get, and they already get federal funding for low-income students. But you have colleges at HBCU whose funding was thwarted, did not they did not get in excess because I, I want to say Harvard got something like eight point nine million dollars in federal funding for the pandemic. Okay. When you say that you're gonna help African Americans and HBCUs and you did all of this stuff, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not fluff it. You know, say what it is what it is and this is what you do. And that's that's honestly why I don't trust a lot of what this administration does. And I'm gonna tell you the main reason why I really don't trust this platinum plan. Like I said, you had three bills that were already shot down that you're claiming is gonna be on a platinum plan. But at the end of the day, you put in the platinum plan about HBCUs. This is why this is important. He just, just passed an executive order. This executive order actually talked about um, he uh, – let me just read it in its totality. He issued an executive order prohibiting federal funds from being awarded to agencies or contractors promoting racial or uh, sexual stereotyping. The objective is to reverse what the White House calls a growing culture of blaming white people for much of America's social tension and systemic racism in industry and governance. That definition is so broad stroke, and it could impact the reversal of programs created to support historically black colleges and universities. Because by definition of the HBCU, it is in violation of this new law he just implemented. And three predominantly white institutions have paused their diversity programs on their campuses out of concern from losing funding. So I just feel that a lot of stuff is said as an okie doke to say, we got your vote, we're going to tell you that we're going to do this, and if you do do it, it's going to be so stringent with different laws that's already been enacted that it's almost going to nullify it 
but you're going to say that you did it just to say that you did it, but nobody is paying attention to how it's really going to be implemented or impacted or if it will even be useful by the time it's enacted because you have so many clauses in there that fight against it because the public isn't looking at it. They're just looking one-dimensional, this is what you did, but not that it actually benefits. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm there with that. Um, but you ladies, I just want to, to take a quick break and because we got to get to the contract. And it's the one thing that I want to, um, to leave you guys with, but because I want to take a break, I'm going to make sure that I, I get to that after the break, but we will be right back in just a moment. JC, author, content creator, and live streamer. For books and more, visit my website, www.jctheauthor.net. For my live streams, such as my author interviews and the Three-Headed Monster live streams, please visit me on IG and Twitter at JC Storyteller. Also on YouTube, as well as Facebook, facebook.com backslash jctheauthor. Salute. Are you ready to make a difference? Join Two Clicks for Justice campaign as we seek to bring forth awareness and change for women of African descent who continue to face injustices and inequalities in today's society. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Clicks for Justice. Silence is no longer an option. My name is Diane Rembert avid reader, award-winning literary blogger, and the founder of Diamonds Literary World, which can be found on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, and www.diamondsliteraryworld.com. This is author, poet, playwright, and founder of Me Time Book Club, Kay Roche. Check out my latest novel, All Things Work Out Well, wherever books are sold. You can also follow me on Instagram at k.roche. Book reviews matter. Now back to the show. And we are back. We are back, you guys. We were talking about the controversy surrounding the contract with Black America. Diane, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Lakeisha, are you here? Okay. I, I think she might have. Oh, okay, you are. Okay. I, I do. Uh, I do. I do have to, but I, I'm here at this second. Okay. Okay. Because I know that she will have to go. So I want to just. Allow Keisha. I want you to just go into what did you think that were the strong points, um, or what do you think is interesting and will work from the CWA, from the contract with Black America. And I'll start with you because I know that you um, won't be able to be on the podcast for its entirety. So I want to get your thoughts about the actual CWA and specifically in regards to representation um, lending and police reform. 
Okay, I'm going to try to <laughs> not be long-winded. Um, so in a nutshell, I feel like it is a beautiful contract. Um, I feel that um, each one of those, the representation, um, the police reform, and the bank lending, they all have some really great um, points that need to be addressed, that needs to be revised, um, that needs to be implemented. My main concern is um, will it hold legal weight because of what we talked about before? Will it be null and void because there are certain there are just a lot of places where things are just misspelled and the timing of the misspelled words really was bothering me when I was taking notes and I'm like, dang, like this is misspelled, that's misspelled, you know, officers mm-hmm. are misspelled. That one really bothered me. Um mm-hmm. when we got into the police reform. Um I think as far as the representation, I think it's worded it's it's um I think it's a great contract. I'd like specifically where it spoke about um the compensation for quote unquote black Americans, um, for the value of work contributed by their ancestors and Native Americans will get back the true value or land promised to them in various treaties. My concern, reading that, that's great. My only concern is there are many of us, there are many of us who actually are descendants of the Native American. I, for one, know for a fact that my maternal great-grandmother was from the native um, Ikiti tribe. I know that for a fact. I still do things that came from that tribe specifically. I still carry as a tradition to this day. Um, So how would we restructure any of that? Because then it goes on to say after that, you got to be able to prove that you're a descendant mm-hmm. from at least one enslaved person. You must also prove that they. Um, you must also prove that you identified as black, which I have an issue with, but that's a completely different topic. Or African American for at least mm-hmm. ten years prior to the institution of the reparations program. So, mm-hmm. how many? <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it like this because, okay, I'll just say, how many Lakeishas? I was about to say Shanifa, but how many Lakeishas? Okay. First of all, that's got four children, two jobs, three businesses, you know what I'm saying, has time to mm-hmm. really research and what does it take? What does it, when you say that I have to prove that I'm a descendant from at least one enslaved person, can you go into detail and tell me how can I prove this? Where do I need to go? What right. Information? Like, do I need to do a DNA test? Is it written down somewhere? What does this look like? Because that in and of itself for me, now, I know a lot of us on this panel 
you know, well, all of us on this call, but a lot of people like us on this call is what I meant to say. A lot of people like us on this call will do the work, you know, that it takes to prove it. But there are many of us who don't have those resources that it's going to Mm -hmm. take. So are you going to provide the resources for us to be able to go through that process to prove this, you know, because you can't just go by looking at the color of my skin, you know, um, the texture of my hair, you know, who, you know, so for me, I just, it just gave me, it just raised more questions for me. But it's beautifully written. Um, I feel like it's a great start, all three topics, great start. Um, I feel like someone, it needed to be done. That's, that's how I feel like it needed to be done. This contract is a great starting point. Um, I just have reservations about were the misspelled words done on purpose? Um, because if you met with all of these educated people, then someone should have told you that you have to be very specific when you mm-hmm. present something um, to be a legal document. You, you, you have to be very specific. And for, for it to be that many misspelled words, to me it just, um, it just looks like one of those things where they say, you know, let's just, let's just give him this, make him feel good, you know, get this man back in office or whatever. To, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm a born skeptic. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's great on uh-huh. purpose, you know. But um, I understand. Yeah, so that's where I am with it. And, and on that note, I do want oh, to, um, I do need to bow out um, because okay. I have um, another engagement that I'm actually late for. Um, but please, ladies, carry on, and I'll be listening. Um, for the remainder of the podcast, okay? Okay, well, please thank be you safe. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, you know, I now want to add on to what she said because there is a section in the representation um, where he's talking about, you know, um, the voting, the polling sites, rather, and it says the last line says lack of access because he's talking about there needs to be more polling sites. Okay. He says, lack of access Mm -hmm. violates the 1965 Voters' Right Act, and the act should be amended to give it more teeth since it is currently not working. What what Mm -hmm. does that even mean? Like, what did you mean to give it more teeth since it's currently not working? See, when you say stuff like that, and I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to point out the, negative try to be negative about it because I actually think that it's a good you know, he brings up a lot of great topics that black Americans have is I would say black Americans outside of the political arena have not thought of mm-hmm. addressing. But when mm-hmm. you do address things you have to come fully correct. Because these people mm-hmm. have been in the game for a long time and they know how to take one thing that you said that was off and twist yeah, it around right. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're saying that this is a contract, everything needs to be spelled out. We need to know what you mean by teeth. You know, we don't. That's mm-hmm. just that's 
that's an in general term that nobody is familiar with because you have people who don't even know what the Voter Rights Act of 1965 says. So you need to be very specific when you say that it's currently not working but in, in mm-hmm. changing the meat of it. And when you call for that, mm-hmm. you need to be specific in what you want it to say because mm-hmm. it can be changed to be non-existent. You know, it was like, so that right. was my issue with things like that. But I want to ask you, um, Diane, I want to just say, what do you feel like, you know, from a representation and lending and police reform standpoint stood out to you um, positively and what do you think would could have a negative impact? Okay. One thing that stood out to me, well, let me just say that based on the past, based on the representation that we currently have in office, we know that a lot of them are not going anywhere, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to shoot this. They're going to look at this and, and, and really laugh. Um, mm-hmm. Like, are they serious? And and that to me is, it's a, they will make a mockery of it, because some some of the things are realistic, and some just are not. Mm-hmm. Let's just call a spade a spade. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I I I just looked at one particular thing, and I was like, wait, are they serious? So, um, it says, uh. To take um, a certain amount of money, it says uh, take money from the police union and other public entities and invest 13.4% of their total funds into black-owned businesses. Now, my problem with that is That's fine that that you want to you want the government to invest into black owned businesses okay um my but but my but you need, if you're going to take money from the police union, take that money and reinvest in the police union it, it, make this suggestion take the money and reinvest it into the police union or redirect it after you've created you know, um, classes or uh, what's what's that they used to say, Um, training for social equality. Um, I think that that, now see, they'll take something like that and be like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? No, 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 you know, don't do that. You're redirecting, you're you're, you're putting the money, you're, you're, in the wrong place. I think that money should be taken from, it, it can be taken from another place when it's investing black businesses. That was one issue that I had. Another issue that I had is, you mentioned it two weeks ago, you mentioned um, the affirmative action. They, they were talking about that um, under the business banking, um, you know, that Black people who qualify, so they said 
um, qualified black citizens should receive loans um, with interest rates the same as um, the white counterparts. Okay. That's something that could be played with if they're not careful. Because we know previous people, y'all had to do y'all research. History has shown us that there are two sets of books. So so there are two sets of paperwork, okay? So they may tell you, oh, yeah, Joe got an interest rate of 7.9%. See, it's right here. But the actual contract says that Joe got his for 5.3%. Or 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 three point four. You understand what I'm saying? So uh-huh. you're saying that, but now what do you do to hold them accountable? Some of, that's what I'm saying. Some of this stuff is unreasonable. Like it it it's it's not realistic. And and sure, we would want that, but to put that on to put that on the federal government. Um, I think we have bigger issues to solve right now. And then when 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 things have when there's no more and I can't say no more because it'll always exist. When you have um, less racial inequality, when you have somehow tried to contain the 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 tension that is going on in the country, then I think you can um, bring things like that up. I think it's, right now. No, uh, no, you know, um, but I do like, I, I do like, uh, there were a couple of things um, as far as banking, and that was every child born should receive a government bond of $1,000 um, and allow to mature, and then they can get an 18 because you do know that that will help with their college. So I, 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 I'm all for that. I'm all, but then you'll have those who will say, well, why should they? That's not fair. You know what I mean? I, um, I, oh. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking on both sides. That's how I'm thinking. And I'm, and, and if I'm thinking it, then I already know they're going to shoot it down in, 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 in Congress. I already know. You know, um, but I liked it. I like. I like. There were certain points that I do like, but like again, some things were just very unrealistic to me. I think that um, at they now, there was something. I know this isn't about banking, but there was something about um, the curriculum in the school, mm-hmm. and um, it mentioned um, civil rights needs to be added into the curriculum and um, it should be taught by or the the reference materials should be authored by African American authors. I loved that because nobody can tell mm-hmm. our history better than we can. Okay? So I, I loved that. Um like I said, there were some good points to this, and then, you know, there were just some things that it's just like, no, mm-mm. Um, and, and, and I'm going to go a little bit further, um, if I may, um, 
with the curriculum. So my my twenty year old stepson um, came home for the week. It came home for for a couple of days, and he is taking um, historical or, or or art history in uh, African uh, art history in black civilization, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm in, I'm in the classroom with him or I'm in the room with him as he's in class and I'm looking and he, I said, but what are they talking about? The professor is talking about how she lives in Houston. So I said, excuse me? And he said, the teacher is talking about, you know, the press is talking about living in Houston. So I said, have you filed a formal complaint? And he said, no. And because I said, what does that have to do with art history in Africa? And he said, um, okay. I said, I think that the students should get together and file a complaint. He showed me the students. There were two black students in the class, two, okay, him and and a girl. And I said, they're in there because it's an easy grade. He said it took him three years. Hear me clearly. It took him, because it's considered a basic core class. It took him three years to get into the class the first two weeks of the semester they were taught how to write essays. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They were taught how to write essays in this art history of African culture, I think it is, not civilization, but all the same thing in this class that should have been teaching you about African artifacts, you know, nothing like that. So I said, they're there for an easy A. He was like, basically. So I said to him, I said, if you don't go to the dean by the end of the semester, I will be sending an email and filing a formal complaint. And that's why it's so important that we have, and I know we can't say, you know, we have, our children have to be taught by people that look like us. Um, because we're in a diverse culture, so, you know, you're going to have all nationalities, all races in the classroom. But when it comes to um, civil rights, I believe that the materials, the references, uh, should all come from African-American authors. And I know that's a little off topic, but it it was kind of... (laughs) Oh no! It it it, it absolutely applies, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say, for me, and I, I'm going to start with just a few things that I liked about it. Um, mm-hmm. As far as representation, what I liked was when he spoke about local funding um, for schools. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, funding locally for schools is allocated by taxes, and that's throughout the United States. Um, 
of course, there are going to be less tax pay-in in lower income and poor neighborhoods than in wealthier neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. what he proposed was that all taxes are evenly dispersed so that mm-hmm. all school systems are equal, get equal amount of money. And I and I do agree with that, you know, um, because otherwise poor systems, poor school systems won't be able to get anything new. It's, it's, and, and we see that every day, You in the, especially mm-hmm. now. You mm-hmm. have people in poor communities where they don't even have enough laptops to give out and Wi-Fi to give out, Wi-Fi packs to give mm-hmm. out to these kids who, mm-hmm. whose parents want them to mm-hmm. learn from home because of mm-hmm. the pandemic. Whereas mm-hmm. in a wealthier neighborhood, most of these kids already got iPads, iPhones, and laptops, two or three of them on their own. Right. But right. they have an overabundance of laptops that they can give out and give away and Wi-Fi packs. So definitely tax dollars need to be evenly distributed um, across the board so that mm-hmm. all educational systems are on the same playing field when it comes to technology, when it comes to, you know, general upkeep and maintenance and programming that's implemented into these classrooms. I 100% Absolutely. agree with that. Right. I 100% yeah. agree with you with what you said about yeah. the mandatory teaching of our African-American yes. history. Yes. yes, I think that needs to be absolutely mandated. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know that that is something that is a necessity, and I and and I want to go a step further. I want I would like to see the history book books revised with those informations that's not factual. Right. Absolutely. Christopher yes. Columbus founded America. Right. He did not. Yes. He landed in America. He did not. You know? <laughs> he, <laughs> he landed here. That, already, that was already in existence. That's, you yes. know, come on now. Right. You right. know, you can't find something that was already found. Somebody was on the land teaching you how to till the land and, and, and the soil and this and that. And, it's, and I want to I wanna point out something that we – take for granted and we miss, you know, we don't even pay attention to, but people love it, but then they don't understand the true meaning of it. If you take something as simple as a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, when the pilgrims got over here, it was the Indians who showed them how to to use the earth. I mean, that's real history, but if you take even something as simplistic as a cartoon, you know what I'm saying, that we see year after year. It clearly mm-hmm. looks forward to, to the, yes. Yeah, look forward to it. Clearly alludes to the fact that man, you didn't find this. Y'all was over mm-hmm. here dying because you didn't know how to mm-hmm. live off the land. And That's right. the Indians came over there and taught you how to build your homes, how to till mm-hmm. the earth, all of that stuff. So can't nobody teach you this if they weren't already here doing it themselves? That's right. <laughs> you know That's what I'm right. saying. So right. it's like, you know, we, and I say that for the ones who are so into Christmas and they, but they want to sit mm-hmm. here and have a problem when you say that Christopher Columbus didn't find, you know, he found, he found America. Mm-hmm. You can't rewrite our history. Mm-hmm. You've been rewriting mm-hmm. ours in, in the indigenous people for how long? Right. Okay. Exactly. So, exactly. So, 
you know, it, it, it's just the whitewashing of it all just bothers me so much. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I digress. I, that's a whole other topic, and I, and I don't want to get off into that, but I just wanted well, to make that point well. to show how even in the midst of, of whitewashing history that we are showing in several different ways, and it's accepted that he was not the one who founded America. and But when exactly. we actually say the words out loud, we're met, met with such opposition that mm-hmm. it, 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 mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And it's like, well, okay, if we I'm, can... Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you have to think of the origin of Christopher Columbus. And so the Italian... Um, Italian uh, culture is very strong, and and so to them, it's like, oh, wait a minute, you're trying to take away a piece of our history, but technically you don't want to tell the truth, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they're the main ones who have been fighting so much to not have Christopher Columbus the, the, the exposed is what I want to mm-hmm. say. You know, you find so mm-hmm. many people who just jump on the defensive because for them, I, to to be honest with you, the Columbus Day is a very big holiday for them. So to mm-hmm. strip them of that, they feel like, you know, oh, you know, and, 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 you know, when you talk about the Italians, you talk about the mafia, you talk about the mob, they're not as strong as they used to be. But still, that's why so many people are against it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I wanted to say about that whole thing. Yeah, but we're going to get off of that because, oh, boy, we could be here for hours and days and years and months. And, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about that. I understand, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in lending, what I liked was that um, they wanted, you know, black Americans to be able to qualify for a one-time interest-free loan for homeowners. I saw that for home first-time um, homeowners. I did see that, yeah. Yes, and um, I, you know, I appreciate that. I, you know, it speaks about the Federal Reserve also providing corporations with a fee or one percent loan that's flooding the market with liquidity. So instead of all of it going to the stock market, help create black family wealth through property ownership. I totally agree because um, one thing Ice Cube said and it's true. We may we serve, you know. I'll say we, I, and I know that I'm excluding some people who don't believe in God or any religious entity. But I'm saying in reference to this, there's the, you know, we believe in God, but others believe in money, and they they move this world on money. And unless you have money, and I'm not talking about a dime, I'm talking about wealth you won't have a say in a lot of things that do happen. And so we have to create wealth, and not just wealth, but generational wealth in order to have a seat at the table, you know. So you definitely have to do that through property ownership. That is something that I, you know, 100% agree with. I also agree with that we need to reverse this credit scoring model. Um, and he said to consider, you know, data such as rent, utilities, and cell phone bill payments is going towards your credit score. I agree mm-hmm. with that, you know, because if you don't own anything, how can you show a good history of payment? You know, 
And the only other thing mm-hmm. that you could do is things that you actually pay toward. Which are your utilities? Which are your, you know, your rent? Your, your, um, you know, your car notes if you do have them go towards it as well. But you have to be able to utilize other things that you pay to show your history of, you know, on-time payment, which, you know, right. the right. credit system is very biased in that regard, you know, to, to what it, it, it is. It is, yes. You know, yes. and, I mean, is there things that I feel like shouldn't be on your, your credit report, like medical bills? And I'm not going to get into that, but I feel like that is something that else that was implemented to keep people down because most people have HMOs, most people have PPOs, or no insurance or Medicaid. So, well, let me not say Medicaid. I'm going to leave them out of that discussion. Let's just say regular insurance that you pay on your own, HMO or PPO. If you have insurance, you get that. Most of the time, back in the day, you paid your copay. That was it. Now you got copay, you got co-deductibles, and everybody and anybody who had touched anything dealing with you can send you a bill. It goes on your medical record. But you're paying for health insurance. So I feel that it should not go on there because most people can barely afford to pay the health insurance. I'm paying it for you to cover my costs. Why do I have all these exorbitant amount of costs after the fact? And then they've loopholed it now to where they only paying a fraction of the total cost and they make the doctors, you know, the doctors have the, the rights to come after you for what the hospital or, I mean, what the insurance won't pay. But it's, I, it's crazy to me because you sign a contract that you agree to accept whatever the terms and conditions that they say is fair to pay for this service. But then you go back and you bill the person who's paying for this health insurance for the remainder. I think all of that stuff, Needs to be revised. I didn't want to get off in there, but I had to say that, and that, and I feel like right. that should not go on your credit report because right. most people are struggling who have insurance right. to pay for. That's and right. That's right. If you're doing your due diligence and doing what the state of law and having insurance, don't be counted against me because I'm paying this insurance to cover my cost. But now y'all loophole the loophole the loophole and loophole that loophole to get me in so much debt with medical bills, you know what I'm saying, and medical expenses that and, right. and then say, oh, well, if you don't pay it, we're going to put it on your, your credit report. I had to put mm-hmm. that part in there because that's another mm-hmm. uh, another thing that needs to be revised, and that's something that is making many of Americans suffer across the board. Yes, um, yes. You know, and why they can't have, you know, good credit. And so that mm-hmm. whole thing needs mm-hmm. to be revised. Now, um, I, I, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I, you go, I was going to just say, I, something is bubbling in me, uh, uh, and you, you mentioned it. And um, talking about the school, going back, talking about the, the school, the disproportion, you know, uh, with the schools. Now, we have, oh, my gosh, I think I mentioned this before, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm trying to get the word out and allow people to see how serious this is. There's a, a, a town um, here in New Jersey, um, it's Patterson, New Jersey, and I think I told you this, they, uh, when when the pandemic first hit and uh, we were on lockdown, everybody was given a packet. 
Um, and when the packet ran out, um, they were told, you know, to go, they were going to go online. Well, this particular town, you know, is, is a lot of uh, lower income um, residents. And so they, um, uh, many of the students either did not have um, laptops or they did not have internet. Some didn't have both, okay? Um, and so a lot of them, when I say a lot, I'm talking about 50% of the students failed, okay? Uh, and what happened was they, the parents, they started protesting like they wanted their kids to go back to school for that reason because they thought that, you know, okay, well, the school system knows the situation. They're going to pass everybody. And when they didn't, they found out that the children had to repeat that grade. The parents were like, they need their children to go to school. So they opened the schools back up because these parents protested so much only to have them shut down again due to the pandemic. So now you have this all over again. So are you telling me that these children, are, if they don't have um, computers or Internet, they're going to have to repeat this grade again? You know, this wow. is the seriousness of what's going on here. You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, and, and I don't think people get it because, like you said, in most homes, you know, we make sure our, if we have nothing else, we have Internet access. If you can't go on your laptop, you can get on your phone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or, you know, and like you said, there are doubles and triples and, you know, there, there are multiple computers and, and multiple um, uh, uh, smartphones. There are multiple, you know, on some I've even seen people put on a television, you know. So there are multiple ways in, uh, of which, you know, our children, thank God, can go to school. But they, you just, because we don't, we've never been exposed to that life, there are children out there that, that don't have it. They just don't have it. And the, and the, school, the schools lack the funds to purchase mm-hmm. the laptop or the iPad to give out to them. There was a, there was a school here in Newark, um, and the teacher, she was either the teacher or the vice principal, I believe she was the teacher, she felt so bad that she went and she took her credit card and bought um, um, iPads for her students. You have some okay. celebrities who have, you know, and this Ice Cube is, is, is things you can do for the community. This Lil Wayne is something you can do for the community. That, you know what I'm uh-uh. saying? Like, this, hold on. I'm going to just say this right here. Now, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just got an information. <laughs> you know, it's okay. And, and you know, it's okay. And, and I'm going to be wrong on all fronts when I say it. Lil Wayne said up here and said that the problems of black America don't don't affect him because he rich. Don't affect him. But then, right, right. then but then you sit up here and talk about some you read the platinum plan with Donald Trump and you feel like it's gonna be the best thing. How? I'm just gonna say How? this right you now. You read you read what? You stayed off the preserve long enough to for it to comprehend? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Ooh, ooh. Um, and, 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 mm-hmm. No, you because I was going there, and I was gonna say, you know, 
I used to be a huge Wayne fan. I believed in his talent when he was just a teenager up under Birdman. But you ain't read your contract Birdman. How I'm going to feel come on. you read this come with on. Trump said. And come you've on. been drinking lean since you were 16 years old. Come on. And you come got on now. two gold if you get If you get head. off of it, you'll have a stroke. Another one because you didn't have two. I, I just feel like you need to be more concerned about your health at this point and let the people who know what's going on. Do this. Who do this, do this. Do this. <laughs> and I'm not saying, I don't ever want to say, you know, he don't have a right to say what he want to say, feel how he want to feel. He got every right. But I just, when it comes to black America, when you sit here and you say that the, the everyday common problems don't affect you because you're rich, you have now excluded yourself from any conversation yes. in my, in my yes. eyes when it comes right. to black America and our rights and right. our civil liberties because you sitting on Lean Island exempt. I don't have the luxury to sit on Lean Island and be exempt. So, um, and that's yeah. all I'm going to say about yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> you I mean but you know, right, yes. And, I mean, you know, you have Diddy. I mean, you mean well. Bad timing, sweetheart. You you can invest money into the community. You, there 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 are people, but there were because I know that Shaq invested um, money. I know that there were other celebrities that gave money to Newark, right? Um, mm. So, but but we need you to step up, and 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 these areas need the funding. They need the tools. They need the resources. I'm not asking mm. you to give them internet. Um, but you can get them a smartphone. You can provide them with a smartphone that, that has unlimited uh, Internet service. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's ways mm-hmm. around it. And, you know, I just think that we, we could be doing more. You think about us. When I say us, I mean you and I, everyday people. When we hear of someone in need and they put up a GoFundMe, you know, we may not have a lot, but we, we scrape our little pennies together and we give because we know. We realize that tomorrow it could be us. It's them today. It could be us tomorrow. Okay. Now, you have an abundance of wealth, or so you say. Why not put the money there? You understand what I'm exactly. saying? Why not, why not invest into these communities? Because, again, like I said, are you going to have a group of students who are going to have to repeat a grade for the second time, that becomes, um, it starts dealing with your mental because, you know, now now you're 16 years old in the eighth grade, you know, and you're getting teased because and, you're the eighth grade student with a mustache and, and, a, and a beard. And a lot of times, you know, in, in most areas, you know, I know how – in my state, I know that you cannot be 21 and in the 12th grade. You basically, basically just give you a certificate and tell you to get on, you know, get, get mm-hmm. gone. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, you know, for legal purposes and, and, and mm-hmm. much to the fact, you know, the interaction between a grown-up and a kid. Male and you know female, what I'm yes, yes. You know, so, it, so I get it. I honestly do. So you have that to contend with as well, and that's why I do mm-hmm. think, you know, on that or – that's why I think, to me, out of all the things I have read out of the contract, uh, the contract with Black America, that tax allocation was probably one of the number one things 
in my opinion, mm-hmm. that and the lending. Um, mm-hmm. We did have – he he said something. I don't want to get to it. I actually had it highlighted um, for the police officers because I, I don't want to carry along with it. But it was something that brought brought in my mind when Lakeisha brought this up and then coupled with some of this terminology. Certain things in here really, you know, were troublesome to me. This was one. Now, I know he said that he worked on this contract in June, but this Mm -hmm. is what I wanted to bring up that felt bothersome to me and my soul. When he talked Mm -hmm. about police reform, he has a bullet point. It says qualified immunity will be eliminated. Legislation to reverse Supreme Court case Plumhoff versus Riker, in which the immunity was upheld. Now, I agree with that part. That's not the part that I disagree with. And for those who, you know, are listening, don't know what qualified immunity, that that's in regards to police officers. They automatically get qualified immunity um, when they're, you know, brought to under trial and suspicion for, you know, their activities as they perform their civic duties, you know. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but his next line says, before legislation is passed, the Democratic Party should oppose qualified immunity when the official party platform is drafted in August. Mm-hmm. I have an issue. Well, why was the Democratic Party highlighted here in June? And not the Republican Party, because the Republican Party is the one that is currently holding the currently office. in office, right? And right. when you go up for election, even if you know Democratic Democrats lose the election, the Republicans win. This no longer applies to having them oppose qualified immunity. And so I'm just curious as to why a statement like that is put in place where it only, you know, places stipulations on the Democratic Party to do something and not the Republican Party, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. one thing that was brought back to me, and I'm relating this back earlier, to when Representative Cedric Richmond, and like you said, others said, we told him to flesh it out. Of course I would want that to be fleshed out because that right there in particular only talks to my party and not the other one. Right. Um, and I and I want to know, you know, for me, I would want to know why that is. What I also right. found ironic about the misspellings and not so much the duplications but the misspellings, it seems like on everything that was required as a change, you know, like, uh, qualified immunity, um, dash cams, mm-hmm. body cams, um, mm-hmm. talking about the judicial system and lawmakers. Mm-hmm. When it came to that, certain terms were misspelled in those areas only. Is when we're mm-hmm. talking about things in general that might can be something that's locally mandated and not federally mandated, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. things weren't misspelled. But when it came to changing uh, laws and federal laws uh-huh. and federal uh-huh. mandates, you had misspellings in those areas. 
And that's the part mm. that bothers me as a point to bring back your point that was brought up about a contract, you know, is something that is very specific and you have to have it clearly spelled out in, in terms. Because just looking at, you know, even when it says um, about, uh, and I'll give you an example here. It says, Police unions can be held liable and sued for shielding bad cops, suppressing evidence and testimony to that effect. Well, then effect is misspelled. And for knowing and reckless disregard of material evidence that an officer, officer is misspelled, is unfit mentally for the job. Those are two key terms that should not be misspelled because an O-F-C-E-R is not an officer. Mm-mm, at all, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. That is, mm-hmm. we can we. It's too much space for gaps. Um, mm-hmm. There was something else. Oh, when he talked about mandatory da- dashboard and body cams in the event they are turned off, it's spelled O F of. And the incident results in serious injury or death to any suspect or witness, it will be considered a felony punishable punishable by prison unless proof of malfunction. That portion is, first of all, off is the key term, okay, the key term. If the dashboard cam and the body, uh, body cam is turned off, you said it is. it should result in a or in in the event that what they do lands a person seriously injured or death of the suspect mm-hmm. or witness, it should be considered a felony. Well, mm-hmm. how are you going to enforce that? Because OF is of, not off. You understand That's what right. I'm saying? Um, That's right. And then you said a less proof of malfunction. I can. Uh, that is so easy to say that something malfunctions. That is so easy, like you said, to to manipulate. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you cannot tell me that you can prove it malfunction because if I'm looking at this realistically, you before you go out on your just say like regular beat officer or task force before you go out to do a, a warrant search, issue a warrant, all of this stuff, you should be checking your dash cams and your body cams to make sure they work before you leave the precinct. That's right. You should be, That's you right. know, <clears throat> excuse me. So you should not have a malfunction while mm-hmm. you're on, you know, while you're on duty. Mm-hmm. Unless you get into a scuffle and something malfunctions mm-hmm. later. But at that point when that happens, I mean, do, I, I'm not a police officer, so I would have to have one, but I would assume and I would think that you can't continue just go ahead and work. You've got to go. You've got to write up incident reports. you got to, you know what I'm saying? Get, like there are certain things that you do, you would do after that. You wouldn't continue with your day as normal, you know? Right, um, right. So it's things like that that's in the contract that bother me because keywords are misspelled in key areas that you're asking for change. Mm-hmm. And it seems that it was at this point to me it seems a bit intentional. 
And right. right. And that's the part that gives me pause. And the fact that you specifically highlighted the Democratic Party and one action mm-hmm. about police reform, but you did not highlight the Republican Party gives me pause. So I I just you know, like I said, there are some key points in here, but I do mm-hmm. agree with the Democratic Party. It needs to be fleshed out and right. it needs to be presented yeah. correctly. And mm-hmm. you can't just take that and say, oh, you, it's reckless on their behalf to present it that way. Because there are plenty of lawmakers who can take that and revamp it and say, oh, well, we said we are going to do this, but we didn't do it because this is how it was worded. So right. you have to and, be and very see, clear. And that's, that's what I was trying to – that's the point I was trying to, you know, bring across. Like, you, you know, it's like if you write a sentence, right, the dog went down the street or the cat went down the street. The cat went, you know – um, it, it, it can be it can be taken in so many ways. Somebody put up, I think an editor put up a sentence, and it had three different meanings depending on where you place your comma. So, you know, just by you having a misnomer, like like people don't realize how important when when you said you know um, it was supposed to be off, but you you left an f off, making it of. That makes that sentence null and void, which makes that paragraph null and void, which makes that contract null and void, or that particular part of it. And it, that could be something that is also essential in our, you know, in our, 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 our um, development. So, you, like you said, was it left off on purpose? You know, and why in God's creation, you know, did you not have somebody proofread this before you presented it to you know whatever party you presented it to? You could have you you could have presented it to you know anybody, but but you 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 can't. That's like us. You're an author. I, you know I'm in the literary business. We tell you to what submit your best work. Look over it. Proofread it. You know and and, and then and then if you need somebody if you need to pay somebody to do it, then pay somebody to do it. You understand what I'm saying? But you need to present your best work. And I felt like this was not the best work to be presented when you are representing an entire group of people. That is an absolute no-no. Absolutely. And I just, you know, like I said, I think the thought of it, of certain things are well, but when you're saying that you're going to actual political figures and you're presenting right. it, but you're not doing right. it, you're not presenting it to lawmakers to say, help me with it. You're And, and I can right. tell right now, because of how it was written, that lawmakers didn't assist with this at all. Um, right, exactly. You know, if you're not going to lawmakers to help you assist with it, and you're taking it directly to the political parties, then I have mm-hmm. an issue with it. And I can right. actually respect the Democrats for saying, let us wait until after the election. Because my thing is, if you're waiting for after the election, then that means I want to give what you're saying an honest look. And I also want to go through this and comb through it and get the verbiage the right way so that it exactly. can be presented to the floor correctly. You know, Exactly. Saying that we're we take we're taking this and we're gonna implement this in the in the platinum plan means that you gave no thought 
as to what was in here, or you already knew that it was discombobulated, so you can say it to make people feel good and then go and muck it up in the background. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It is just, it's a lot to be desired. I do appreciate the contract. But what I want to do here is I want to let you, we have some recommended reading. Um, So I want to let you talk about it, Diane, what was the recommended reading, because we we had so much to cover, even with the, you know, the three points that we mentioned. We sit and cover everything that it was talking about. But it's it's, it's virtually impossible to do that in one setting. But I feel like we covered good ground with it and and put out a very well-educated front today. I'm so happy about this conversation. Right, (laughs) um, right. I really, really am. So I just want you to discuss the recommended reading. And then I have one thing that I do want to leave everybody with. (laughs) Okay, so... Um, there were a couple of um, books that came up this week, and um, I definitely want to recommend um, this particular one. I felt like uh, there were two, actually, that um, struck me, but um, uh, one is A Memoir of Race, Change, and Fractured Community in 1960s. Chicago. The name of the book is Redlined, and it's by Linda Gart. Um, and briefly, it says, put my glasses on, uh, set against the backdrop of the civil rights movement, Redline exposes the racist lending rules that refuse mortgages to anyone in areas with even one black resident. Okay. As blacks move deeper into Chicago's west side during the 1960s, whites flee by the thousands. And we saw that in the 70s and 80s. But, but Linda Gart's parents, Fred and Lil, chose to stay in their uh, integrating neighborhood, overcoming previous prejudices as they meet and form friendships with their African-American neighbors. The community sinks into increasing poverty and crime after two race riots destroy its once vibrant business district. But Fred and Lil continue to nurture their three apartment buildings and tenants for the next 20 years in a devastated landscape, even as their own relationship cracks and withers. Um, I thought that that was apropos for the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I found another one just Today, um, I know you said one. Let me see. I just, I just put it on. Okay. This one is Going to School in Black and White, a dual memoir of desegregation. So the challenges of identity, assimilation, achievement, and politics that were faced by Lahoma and Cindy are the same challenges our youth are facing today. Um, so the school careers of two teenage girls who lived across town from each other, one black, one white, who altered, were altered by a court-ordered desegregation plan for Durham, North Carolina in 1970. Lahoma, 1970, the year I was mm. born. I am 50 years old. Okay? Mm. Lahoma and Cindy both found themselves at the same high school from different sides 
of a court-ordered racial balancing act. This plan thrusts each of them involuntarily out of their comfort zone and into new racial landscapes. Their experiences recounted in alternating first-person narratives are the embodiment of the segregation policies situated in a particular time and place. So I'm going to just leave it right there, but that goes, this was 50 years ago, 1970, wow. the year I was born, okay? And that wow. book, again, is Going to School in Black and White, a Dual Memoir of Desegregation. And that is by Cindy, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it you, but it's there, um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and both books, hear me please, people, both books have been reduced to ninety nine cents. So there you it go. is worth the one dollar investment. It sure is. Absolutely. And I need y'all to make sure you pick it up. Um times are critical. It is just, you know, it is a very crucial and critical time. And we just need all of the knowledge and awareness that we can get because one thing is definitely true. If you are not familiar with your past, you are doomed to repeat it. And I feel like so much gets brushed under the table now that that's where we're headed. And I want to also leave everyone with this thought, too, before we close out. Um, this was – I don't even want to tell who it was posted by. I'm just going to read it because I feel like if I tell who it was posted by, it will take away from the validity of it. It says, you may be hearing some murmurings of Bush versus Gore from the 2000 election. Here's why we should pay attention to that. In the 2000 presidential election, the results were decided in the courts and basically came down to two counties in Florida. If either of those counties fell to Gore, he would have been president. So one of them was Martin County where Republicans were pushing hard for mail-in voting. Yes, the exact opposite of what you're hearing today. Because of a printing error, GOP voters, which are Republican voters, in their two counties, in these two counties, excuse me, submitted absentee ballot requests that lacked required voter identification numbers. These incomplete request forms should have been discarded according to Florida law, but the Republican supervisors of elections illegally allowed operatives with the Florida GOP to correct the form so that Republican voters would receive their ballot. In Martin County, a Republican official was allowed to take the incomplete ballots from the office, fill in the missing information, and then return them without any supervision. The reason why this is important, one of the lawyers for this case in Martin County that had 700 illegal ballots counted for a Bush win by a margin of 537 votes was Amy Coney Barrett. Mm. I'm going to pause mm. there because I need everyone to understand who Amy Coney Barrett is. In today's time, she and was our just, new Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. Our new Supreme Court justice. She was just sworn in. Mm-hmm. Days ago, literally days, days ago. ago. 
mm-hmm. two other lawyers that worked on the Republican side of Bush versus Gore results mm-hmm. in other capacities were Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh, who wow. are on the Supreme Court currently. Mm-hmm. Democrats were given no chance to fix problems with their forms. This allowed Republicans to send nearly 700 in Martin County to GOP voters who otherwise would not have received a ballot. And the other county And that's got one send, county. One county. That's one county. The other county got to send out 2,000 extra ballots. Mm, mm, Democrats mm. sued to have all the incorrect ballots on both sides thrown out. They lost the case, and Bush won the presidency with 537 votes. Wow. Wow. Exactly. This nomination is about one thing, stacking the deck with people who overturn an election. Yes. The president doesn't care about Roe versus Wade or Mm -mm. the Affordable Care Act. It's about getting close enough margins that can be Mm -hmm. brought to this court with a Mm built-in president that's in his Mm -hmm. favor. That's right. Go vote. Go vote. Go and vote. Go and vote. It is is your right. It It is is your your right. right. Your, Go your, your, maybe not your grandparents, but after reading what I just read, um, your grandparents and great-grandparents fought for the right for you to vote. Go for vote. For you to vote. Go vote. That is the only way that you can make a difference because I'm telling you, I, I, I read that at the end because I want to bring back my beginning point when I said I don't like the playing of politics with the American public. I don't mm-hmm. like you telling me fluff to get me to feel good. I don't mm-hmm. like the feel of you saying, oh, we started this with, or we're going to implement this when you've already canceled it three times in your current floor with your current lawmakers and your current administration. But then all of a sudden you want to make me feel feel good to say that this is what you're going to do and you're going to skew the numbers. I always feel like there's a back game and a back end to everything. And that's why right. I think you have to look beyond the surface of what's being right. said. Because, right. and, and that's why I wanted to bring up the controversy and how it's so dangerous when Ice Cube put out the narrative that, the Republicans said that they were going to take some parts of the plan and implement it. Right. And the Democrats said, wait. When you hear right. sound bites and snippets, mm-hmm. you're missing the full picture. Exactly. And, and see, we come from, I'm sorry, but we come from our, uh, the, the way we are right now. Um, our society um, is one that if it's not given to you, you don't, you, you, you don't go looking for it. So whereas, like you said, we are getting sound bites that are pieced together, instead of saying, let me go and listen to the whole thing, you know, or let me go and do my research, you know, we take what is given to us and we run with it, okay? And we have to stop doing that. Uh-huh. 
We have to stop doing it. So I encourage you guys, you know, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to us. I encourage you to go vote, exercise your right, um, because voter suppression is real. Mm-hmm. And at least get your stuff on the playing field. Because if you don't vote, you can't even be a part of the chess game. Because mm-hmm. people out here playing checkers and they're playing chess. You want to be a part of Come the chess now. game. Mm-hmm. And if you don't vote, you can't even have a voice in the chess game and or even the checker game. So you need to be able to have your voice heard and, and so that those decisions for your today and for your future can be something that you can live with for your tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I always search for the truth. <laughs> always, you know, second guess everything that's presented regardless of the side. And when the whoever takes office in January, hold their feet to the fire. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But uh, Diane, I want you to give your your social media information, how they can contact you. Okay. Um, Thank you, Uh, Diane. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Diane Literary World um, is my handle across social media. Um, That is Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, Twitter. Um, and DiamondsLiteraryWorld.com. Um, I believe that. Oh, and YouTube. I'm always forgetting YouTube. So please check me out on one of those platforms. Hopefully you will give me a try um, on several, but I do appreciate any and all support. Absolutely. And I want to um, – let you guys know we have two other co-hosts. Miss uh, Kay Rochet was not able to join us tonight, but you can follow her on social media at Kay Rochet. And Miss Lakeisha from earlier, you can follow her at Two Clicks for Justice, um, and that is on Instagram and on Twitter um, as well. As for me, you can follow me at Author Untamed on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. You will be able to find me. I want to uh, wish this is a happy November. <laughs> it is November 1st, and I want to wish a happy birthday, book mm-hmm. release, movie release, and anniversary to anybody in the month of November. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to tell you guys that for the entire month, if you um, have not been following the Get Caught Up podcast, please make sure you're doing so. We are on Instagram at Get Caught Up Podcast and on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast. Um, Our next podcast will actually be the last one for our season, you guys, and we're going to uplift it a little bit. We're going to get off the political stuff. uh, It'll be a surprise. We'll post it, but it'll be the last one for the season, and then we'll end up seeing you guys again in January. But, you know, until then, make sure that you go out to vote if you have not. And we will see you guys on the other side of the election. And whatever way it goes, we will just pray for the best benefit of the American people. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we are the Socially Conscious Corner. Good night. Good night. It was Freddie.
Rolando, Ahmad, Steven, Kenneth, Amadou, Jonathan, Christian, Terrace, Sean, killed him the day before his wedding. Jamal killed him while he was in handcuffs. Mike killed him while he had his hands up. Kamani, Ramali, Villa, Alton, about three Kevins, about two Jordans. John, Laquan, Bethon, Stephon, Tony, Tamir, Elijah, Antoine, Isel, Terrell, Dontre, Akai, George, for him, set the country on fire. Timothy, Patrick, Paul, Tyree, Quintonio, Darius, Jeremy, William, Anthony, Dante, Oscar, Kendrick, Keith, David, Walter, woman like Sandra, Betty, Rihanna, India, Michelle, Atatiana, Tanisha, Rika, Natasha, Palmer, Janet, Megan, baby Ayana, all that we lost, your name live on, wasn't killed by a cop, but I can't forget Trayvon, can't forget Emmett, and all of those we lost to the beast, no justice, no peace, no peace, no peace, no peace.